And I'm Katie King. And this is True True Crime New New England. England. What's up, everybody? Hello, welcome back to another episode. We are so excited to have you, per usual. It's an honor and a pleasure. Katie, how's it going? You know, it's going. I think you should find a new response to that (laughs) question. Liz, it's going great. That's fantastic! I am so honored to be in your presence recording with you now. Oh my god, stop flirting with me. Even though it's late and we've been at it for a while. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. You guys can't tell. Maybe you can already. We're a little tired. Um, We've been recording a lot of stuff, behind the scenes stuff today. Mm -hmm. So we're just a titch ready to go to bed. But it's that's neither (laughs) hither nor yon. Um... To cap off our night of recording, we have a very uh, controversial and important case we're going to be covering today. For sure. All at the suggestion of Katie, which, fantastic idea, honestly. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we decided on this case, you know, we plan out our episodes way in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so even as we're recording this now, we have what case we're going to do planned out a couple months in advance, honestly. Yeah, I think we have it until, like, the middle of September. Yeah. So, um, so the last time we, or one of the last times, we met up to record, and we planned out what cases we wanted to do on what date. Right. Roe v. Wade had just recently been overturned. Um, so we picked this case because it's a pretty good example of what happens when abortion is banned and criminalized. Yes, I think that is so important in these times to cover a case like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we understand that it is controversial. So yeah. if this episode may offend you, I would maybe head on out for yeah. whatever reason, whether you disagree or not. Um, if you're sensitive to that thing, I, I truly would leave. Um, I hope you stay, but... I understand. We understand. For sure. And this is a sensitive topic for so many people. For many reasons. For a million reasons, yeah. So no pressure. Um, it is a very historical case. Yeah. Um, we thought it was very important to cover, especially in these very trying times, to have a uterus. But you know, it, you know what? No pressure. Right, right. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's okay. Um, and of course, we're going to be sharing our opinions about it as well. If you follow us on Instagram, you most certainly saw the post we had earlier in the, probably like a month ago now, more than a month, of the rally that KDU attended. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did have one person try and, you know, argue with us. And so many of you guys came at her, (laughs) but politely, like in a way that was like, here's why you're wrong, because she was. Um, And it was kind of awesome. I would never promote bullying, but this, and it wasn't bullying, but it was confrontational. Yeah. And that was unfortunate, but. For sure. And eventually we did have to shut the conversation down. Um, I think I commented something to the effect of, you know, this conversation is no longer productive, so we're not going to be engaging anymore. Right. Just, you know, you're not going to change minds, but. No. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. You know, one side was very much based on emotion and then Mm -hmm. one was based on fact right that's just period how it is that's honestly how it goes a lot of time Mm -hmm. in this argument for sure um before we start the case of course like we said it 
is um, a historic case regarding the nature of unsafe abortions. Mm -hmm. Very obviously, and I'm going to speak for you, Katie, we are pro-choice to the moon and back. I have my abortion is healthcare poster right there. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And I need that for my windows and my (laughs) bedroom and everything. Obviously, as most of you guys know, I am an obstetrical nurse. I deal with not only patients immediately after they've had their babies and the babies themselves, but also um, OBGYN patients, whether they've had a hysterectomy or, you know, they got their tubes tied or they had an ectopic pregnancy or they um, had an abortion. So I do work with those, um, that population of patients and obviously I know the facts of how important it is to be able to have an abortion um, if there was to per se an ectopic pregnancy for those of you who don't know an ectopic pregnancy is when the egg implants on somewhere other than the uterine lining so that could be most commonly the fallopian tubes Mm -hmm. it could also be outside of the uterus it can be in the abdomen not in the actual uterus itself, those pregnancies are non-viable and they're also deadly to the mother. Um, So if you're carrying an ectopic pregnancy, there's a few different methods of how you can um, get rid of the tissue that is growing in your body. Um, And that includes like taking this certain pill, um, typically like mesoprostol, um, which will dilate your cervix and, um, or you, can if that doesn't work or not for you you can get an actual like procedure which Mm -hmm. is an abortion and it's necessary and important and healthcare for sure and also newsflash you don't have to have a crazy medical need or a tragic story of how you were raped I mean, those are classic examples of why abortion is necessary right, right it's also necessary if you don't want to carry out a pregnancy absolutely i mean that's such a good point obviously for when i see it it's typically for that medical reason sure that covers just a portion of reasons why people get abortions and there's infinite amount of reasons and literally literally None of them are bad reasons. <laughs> None of them are anybody's fucking business. <laughs> Literally. And I think a lot of the misconception is that people believe that pro-choice means pro-abortion. As in, we're like, you're pregnant? Oh my god, you should get an abortion. <laughs> Nobody says that. It's not. The physical and mental toll that an abortion has mm-hmm. on a body, whether it's via a pill, natural miscarriage, or surgical, the impact is great if someone has an abortion and they're not mentally upset with it like they're very confident they have no problem which is fantastic the physical effects Mm -hmm. are they're so painful Mm -hmm. it's awful so regardless it's something that needs to be protected because people with uteruses uteri need to be protected (laughs) so that they can be safe absolutely and because they are more important than a few blastocysts in their uterus. 100%. I'm just, and this is coming from someone who loves babies more than almost anything in the world. I work with babies 
every fucking day. Right, and you want like 20,000 kids down yeah, the line. <laughs> literally. But if I got pregnant and someone was like, sorry, it's ectopic, I'd be like, get that fucker out of me. <laughs> right, I'm going to die. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I want my tubes, please. Like, this thing, this is just a clump of cells. It's probably like more like a tumor. Goodbye. Right. And you need them for later. You need your organs intact for later when you want to make the choice exactly. to have children because pro-choice. That's right. <laughs> That's so funny how that works. And yeah. plus, I think I love that the people who are pro-life, mm-hmm. really they're pro-birth. 100%. And listen, I'm pro-birth. I love being at births. <laughs> I love helping women during birth, and I love watching that experience. It's beautiful. But if that woman doesn't want to give birth, fucking buy. She does not have to. 100%. I work in, I mean, I've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I'm a pediatric psych nurse, mm-hmm. and the amount of children I see who are abused, neglected, unwanted, treated horribly... You would think that people who want these babies to be born would be wrapped out the door, Hmm. around the block, and down the street willing to adopt these kids, help these kids, donate to them, make sure they're fed, make sure they have stable, non-abusive living situations. Right. But that's not the case. No. So, (laughs) reevaluate. Honestly. As soon as they're born, they're like, well, someone's got to take care of that kid, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, like, come on now. And I, I wonder if some of you guys are wondering how this relates to true crime. We're a true crime podcast. Of course. And there's actually a direct correlation between true crime and legalizing abortion. Hmm. It's called the Donahue-Levitt hypothesis. And it's based on these two guys, John Donahue and Stephen Levitt. Okay. They did a study on legalized abortion and crime rates. They found that, quote, Crime fell roughly 20% between 1997 and 2014 due to legalized abortion. Wow. The cumulative impact of legalized abortion on crime is roughly 45%, accounting for a very substantial portion of the roughly 50 to 55% overall decline from the peak of crime in the early 1990s. Wow. The reason that crime fell between the years of 1997 and 2014 is directly a result of the passing of Roe versus Wade in 1973. Because those are the years that those children from unwanted pregnancies would be adults. Wow. We know that the prime age for people committing crimes is like 18 to 28, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And it's a fact that children who are neglected and abused are more likely to commit crimes. Absolutely. So many of the perpetrators we've talked about in our previous episodes have crazy trauma histories, mm-hmm. neglect, abuse, you know, so many famous serial killers have horrible, horrible backgrounds. Right. It's nature versus nurture. Absolutely. It's been proven time and time again mm-hmm. by not forcing people to give birth to kids they don't want and forcing children to be born to be abused and neglected. You're not only preventing kids from growing up and suffering, you're preventing them from becoming criminals and causing more suffering to others. Literally. It's not rocket science. No. Um, this case very much is a true crime case, mm-hmm. and we'll get into why um, historically. And it's also a case that's brought up in discussions about legalizing abortion because of the image that the police took of the crime scene. It's very, very important. Mm-hmm. And it's a symbol for abortion yes. rights all over America. Mm-hmm. And I just... 
I want to touch on that point is, you know, people who are pro-birth say, what if that baby that you killed was the next Einstein? What if they could cure cancer? <laughs> okay, but what if they were the next pedophile down the road? What if they were the next young man who shoots and kills his classmates in school? What if? We could do what ifs all day. And we could do what ifs all day. Like, what if these kids I have at my psych hospital who are never going to have normal functioning lives as adults because they're so fucked up, what if they could have gone on to cure cancer? Hmm. Like, we could do this all day. All it, day. It, it we makes will. no sense, and there's no logic. <laughs> but yeah, we have logic for you today with facts and evidence. Yes, and it's an interesting <laughs> case nonetheless, because mm-hmm. it, is, it is tragic. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so we'll definitely, we'll get into it, we'll talk about it. Guys, bear with us. I, you know, I don't want to push anyone away with controversy, but... Um, we do hold firm to our beliefs, mm-hmm. and we're sorry if you disagree. Um, you know, we hope that either we can get past it together or mm-hmm. you can leave. Right. Because we're mean, not changing our minds, unfortunately. No. And you. honestly, if you've listened this far, you know that, or you should know, that we are pro-choice. Absolutely. Um, we actively speak out against racism in true crime and in <laughs> general life. Um, we speak out against police brutality and police injustice, period. So it really should not be a big shock that we are pro-choice. If you are shocked for some reason... Where have you been? Where have you been, number one? <laughs> You're not really a loyal listener. Right. <laughs> and maybe number two, this may not be the podcast for you. So yeah. no hard feelings. <laughs> I'll be a little upset. <laughs> And we're not looking for anyone to debate. No, we're not engaging in We would just, if you felt that you needed to message us and say, hey, I felt you're wrong or whatever, we will just respond very politely and say, we're sorry, this is not productive. Bye! God bless you, (laughs) because you know we love God. And And without further ado, today we will be covering the The case case of of Geraldine Santoro. Katie, despite the controversy of this topic, I'd still like it if you gave us your sources first. Okay. I'm going to take a break from the controversy for one second and say that I'm going to start off using Wikipedia. God bless you. We're keeping it old school. We're keeping it classic here. You have to. (laughs) It's the foundation in which we've rebuilt our lives. I also use personalpac.com, Ms. Magazine, abc.net.au, vice.com, and wbur.com. All right. I, too, had Wikipedia. In addition to ABC News, vice.com, and the Washington Post. Love that. Love it. Love it so much. All righty. Well, we should talk a little bit about Geraldine Santoro. Mm -hmm. Born Geraldine Torty... On August 16th, 1935, in Coventry, Connecticut, Jerry is what she went by, grew up from a Ukrainian-American family where she lived on a farm with her parents and her 14 older siblings, 10 brothers and 4 sisters. 
Holy Honestly, shit, man. Just that sentence alone, my dream. <laughs> See? That is your dream. Literally. Lives on a farm. 86 million children. <laughs> what else could you want in the world? Well, who else is going to do all the farm work? Literally. It's great. <laughs> it's like free farmhands. Jerry was described as free-spirited, fun-loving. It's probably because at that point her parents were so tired. <laughs> they had no more discipline left in them. Um, there's a lot of cute little stories that her sister shares about how she would, like, climb trees to avoid doing chores, which I thought was great. Like, what do you do once you get up to the top of the tree? Like, now you're just stuck at the top of a tree. Right, you just hide there until they get tired of calling your name and go on to the next sibling. (laughs) Right, literally. Um, and that she also hated wearing their school-mandated uniforms and would often sneak out of school and put on jeans, which... So amazing. I love that. My favorite fact about her was that she was described as always smelling like juicy fruit gum. Like, that just made my heart pound. Like, I love that. A little sweetie. Yeah. And she was described as somebody who loved everybody, which Mm -hmm. is very sweet. Um, So she seemed like a, you know, typical, loving little lady. Mm -hmm. When Jerry was just 18 years old, she met a man named Sam Santoro, She actually met him at a bus stop, and they were married within several weeks. Listen, I have no qualms against this. (laughs) My grandparents got married after six weeks of knowing each other, and this December would have been 60 years. So listen, everyone. That's the time back then, I'm telling you. Yeah, honestly. That's the time. What's interesting about Sam, her husband, was that while Jerry was described as somebody who loves everybody... Sam was described as somebody who loved nobody, and that obviously completely contradicted uh, Mm -hmm. Jerry's life. So that's just destined to not be great. No. (laughs) I mean, opposites attract, but only to a certain point. Right. Right. You know, they get married. Over the course of several years, they ended up having two daughters together Mm -hmm. named Joni and Judy. (laughs) That's cute. And they ended up moving to California eventually. Great. Now, Sam ended up being very violent and very abusive towards Jerry. Mm -hmm. And she would show up to work with bruises. But because of the time, no one really asked questions. No one really seemed to intervene. In 1963, Jerry and her two daughters fled back to her childhood home in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. She had just had enough of his shit. Good. She couldn't take it anymore. He was abusive to her. She started a job at Mansfield State Training School, and this is where she met another employee named Clyde Dixon. Clyde Dixon. Very regal sounding. Yeah. She thought this man was spicy. The bee's knees. Oh, (laughs) literally. Um, So she was 28 at this point, Mm -hmm. and he was 43. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it was the 60s, I don't know. Whatever. They had an affair. Technically speaking, Jerry was married to Sam still. That being said, she was not in a relationship with him anymore. Right. He was physically abusive to her. Bruises, leaving scars, injuries, goodbye. She moved back across the country from him to get away from him. And also... She would have loved to pursue a divorce, but it being the 60s, it was illegal. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was illegal to get divorced. That's Isn't that fucked. Perfect, yeah. So Jerry automatically kind of liked Clyde because he was very charming, very sweet, and he showed her love that she never got from Samuel. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really important, obviously, in a relationship to have love. So obviously it was nice. It was a nice change of pace for her. Um, she was a single mother working full time very hard at this what I imagine to be a difficult job. It was a home for the mentally handicapped and that can be very demanding. So I think she just was, you know, doing what she had to and then happened to meet a gentleman. And uh, together they began the beautiful intimacy that is love. Several months go by and Jerry eventually becomes pregnant via Clyde. Just yes. for clarification's sake. Yes. She soon receives word that her technically still husband, Sam, is going to travel out to Connecticut to visit his daughters. Okay, but, like, here's the thing. She's pregnant, and it's not his. Yeah. She was terrified. She feared for her life genuinely. She was almost positive that he was going to kill her. Mm-hmm. As soon as he learned out, one, she was having an extramarital affair, and two, that she was pregnant by the affair. That's a sin on a sin on a sin. She felt she was so scared. So on June 8th, 1964, Jerry was 28 weeks into her pregnancy at this time. Um, This is part of why she was so desperate and in such a bad situation, because she was showing Oh, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like she was early on in the pregnancy. She could hide it. Right. She was very much showing. So yes. this was a problem. And 28 weeks does, technically speaking, mark the third trimester. Yes. So, just fact. Jerry and Clyde checked into the Norwich Motel in Norwich, Connecticut. Jerry used an alias, Margaret Reynolds. Their goal was to book a room. And perform an illegal abortion using surgical instruments that Clyde had borrowed from a friend whose wife was a doctor. And Clyde also borrowed a textbook from a teacher at the Mansfield School where Mm -hmm. they all worked. Right. And, you know, obviously this was a very big decision that they were making and they knew that it was very unsafe. Um, And it, it wasn't the first decision. Initially, Jerry attempted to get her hands on ergot, which would supposedly induce a miscarriage. Um, I'm assuming that would mean more along the lines of, like, dilating her cervix and, like, delivering the baby extremely preterm. Her sister, Leona, who we will talk about later, Mm -hmm. um, tried to stop her from using the ergot and instead gave her $725 to get an illegal abortion. You know, she said, go somewhere and get it done. You know, from illegal being like still from like a doc, like a medical professional yes. who will do it under the table. Yes. Not in a hotel room with your boyfriend and a textbook. Right. Um, so she ended up, you know, using the $725 instead as a, you know, borrowing the textbook, borrowing med- medical supplies and hanging out in a hotel room yeah. just to get the procedure done. What happened was 
Clyde attempted to abort the fetus using a catheter, which resulted in Jerry starting to bleed or more hemorrhage than anything. Yeah. This was very frightening to Clyde, and he saw all the blood and he just, he ran. He just left. He ran out of the room. And ran out of the hotel, actually. Yeah, like the whole place. Basically, Jerry's laying there. She's hemorrhaging, and Clyde was like, ah, and he left her. Now she's bleeding out, and she's alone. And she's scared. And she's 28 years old, and her support person just hauled ass out of the room. Yeah. Granted... I mean, part of the whole reason this whole thing is transpiring is because abortion is illegal. Right. So Clyde saw all of the blood and got scared. One, because of, oh my god, that's a lot of blood. And two, because holy shit, he's thinking, I can go to prison for administering an illegal abortion. Yeah. So he runs and abandons Jerry. Yeah. She ended up collapsing onto the floor and bleeding out and dying. She was terrified. She's alone. Mm-hmm. She's on the dirty carpet in a fucking motel room because yeah. she had no other choice. Yeah. She didn't want to do that. She's not, no. like, kicking up her heels. Woo! Let's go get... No! I'm so ready. Let's abort this thing. <laughs> right. You know, she's... This is a hard choice she made. Right. A scary choice. And, again, illegal. Mm-hmm. Unsafe. They knew the repercussions and they had to take that chance. Yeah. There, were no, there was no choice. So... Unfortunately, it wasn't until the next morning that Jerry's body was found and she was discovered by a maid. Mm-hmm. And it was a gruesome scene. And I know this because there's a picture. And it's out. Just Google her name. You'll find it. Yeah. We have the censored version mm-hmm. on our website. But there is the real version out there. And it is graphic. It is. Um, it's... But it's also the reality of an unsafe illegal abortion. Mm-hmm. So think about that while you're looking at the image. Um, in the image, Jerry is laying on her chest. Her knees are brought up around her as if she was kneeling and her butt is in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, she was lying on top of a sheet or like a towel. It's covered in blood. And of course, as we know, it was due to the botched abortion mm-hmm. illegal botched unsafe and what made me so sad is that it was revealed later that jerry actually attempted to make a phone call from the motel room she tried to call leona but oh. leona didn't pick up she wasn't home and she didn't jerry didn't leave a voicemail so she was trying to call her sister for help i'm scared i'm dying i'm alone and she could nobody she was alone she died alone and scared Clyde Dixon and Milton Ray Morgan, who was the teacher that gave Clyde the textbook, were both arrested three days later. Mm-hmm. Clyde was charged with manslaughter and conspiring to commit an illegal abortion. He was sentenced to a year and a day in prison. Interesting mm-hmm. sentence, but okay, all right. Jerry's official cause of death was ruled as an air embolism that was a direct result of her back alley abortion. Yes. I'm very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And I think this goes without saying, if abortion was legal at this time, Jerry would not have been dead. Absolutely. Just saying. And I understand this is the 60s and before Roe versus Wade. I get that. However, still important. Right. Still a fact. <laughs> Those are the facts. Still a fact. 
So over nine and a half years later, Roe versus Wade came into effect, overruled all state laws all over America that restricted or prohibited a woman's right to obtain an abortion during the first three months of pregnancy. A start, mm-hmm. nonetheless, because three months, 12 weeks, not a super long time. Mm-hmm. It's a start. Yeah, for sure. It's better than six weeks where 90% of the women, I made that number up, don't know they're pregnant until after that point. So, right? 100%. Yeah. The photo that police took of Jerry at the scene of the crime was later published in Miss Magazine in April of 1973. The headline for the article was called Never Again after the U.S. Supreme Court delivered its opinion on Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. The photo was published without identifying Jerry as the woman in the photo, and it has since become a famous symbol in the abortion rights movement. Because Jerry's face is hidden in the photo, part of why it became such a symbol is because she represents everyone that was and feared that they could be a victim to legal abortion. Right. Right. Absolutely. She was a symbol. She is mm-hmm. a symbol. And she's, unfortunately, she gave her life and probably saved millions because mm-hmm. of her unknown activism. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's a beautiful thing. It's horrible that she lost her life. Again, it would not have happened if uh, abortions were legal. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what was so sad is that when the photo was released in this magazine article, her daughters found it. And that's when they learned that their mother had died of an illegal abortion. Mm-hmm. They had been told she died in a car accident. So it was like all of a sudden their world changed. And it was horrifying and sad and devastating. Just devastating to learn that about their mother. I can't even imagine. Jerry's daughter, Joni Santoro Griffin, was quoted in 1995. She stated, How dare they flaunt this? How dare they take my beautiful mom and put this in front of the public eye? Later on, Joni went on to become an abortion rights activist, and she attended the March for Women's Lives in 2004. She brought her own teenage daughter. Hell yeah. Um, Her name's Tara. And Jerry Santoro's sister, Leona, came, and she blogged in memory of her mom. Oh, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. At the march, Joni said the photo of her mother, quote, symbolizes every woman who died without choice. In her blog post, she wrote, quote, as my daughter's freedoms slip away before my eyes and the horrors of my past become their reality, I realize I haven't done a damn thing to stop it. I don't know if I'll ever make a difference, but I know it's time I start trying before it's too late. I am Jerry Santoro's daughter and my daughters will not carry on her legacy. I love that. Mm -hmm. Gives me chills. In 1995, Jane Jaluli, who was an independent filmmaker from Boston, Massachusetts, interviewed Leona, Jerry's daughters, and others for a documentary about Jerry's life called Leona's Sister Jerry. In the documentary, Leona expressed that she was initially shocked by the photograph's publication, but that, quote, as years went by, she thought it was good that it was printed. Yeah. Again, it was, it's a symbol. It's... Mm -hmm. The impact that that image has is profound. Absolutely. I just wanted to include some facts and some statistics about abortion. Um, Before Roe versus Wade was passed, roughly 1.2 million women in the United States alone resorted to having an illegal abortion 
every year. Of that 1.2 million, roughly 5,000 of those women died every year. There is also this super fun fact. Um, In the states or countries where abortion access is restricted, there is a much higher instance of unsafe and illegal abortions, which accounts for 13% of maternal death. Holy fuck. In the U.S. today. Literally. Wow. It's still such a prevalent, serious problem, especially now, because some white men and this idiot woman overturned a law in which they took away rights for everyone. Mm -hmm. So God bless fuckers um this one stood out to me so hard today the death rate from a safe legal abortion is 0.6 for every 100,000 women that is less than one person wow for every 100,000 women Mm -hmm. less than one person dies from a safe abortion that's the same rate as somebody who is allergic to penicillin, getting an injection of penicillin. Wow. So you guys can be anti-vax and, you know, pro-life. You can't be anti-antibiotic. You know, like that's an (laughs) obvious, like, you can be, but you're dumb. (laughs) It's different if you're allergic to penicillin or the psyllin family. Yeah. Very different. (laughs) You can be anti-penicillin in that regard. However... It's an antibiotic. So, like, you know, if you have an infection, you need it, whatever. I mean, I can't tell you what to do. Um, of course, and we pretty much know this, mm-hmm. with the recent overturning of Roe versus Wade, at least half of the U.S. states are expected to outlaw abortion altogether. And we're already seeing that. And we're already seeing people dying as a result. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. It's awful and it's sad and um it's important to talk about yeah yeah so i think again i'm going to speak for us and say we will hold firm to that point mm-hmm. and um that's not going to change and Absolutely. we're sorry if you disagree but this is this is a true crime this is a case it does relate to true crime and it is important right right and it's true. <laughs> and it's crime. Also, it's prevalent mm-hmm. and terrible and sad. It's crazy that we have to talk about this case in context of it's happening again now. And this case happened in the 60s. Yeah. Makes you think, huh? Jerry Santoro's granddaughters are out kicking. Living. Being, like, actual people. Right. And... They're among us whose rights were taken away, and they're... Just like Grammys. Right. Yeah. It's awful. Crazy. Just awful. hmm So that's the terrible, awful case of Jerry Santoro, who was killed via illegal abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I can really say is I hope that if you were on the fence or did have an opinion that maybe didn't directly correlate with ours, maybe you have new thoughts... Or maybe you learn something. Even if you just learn a little bit. Right. That would be great. I love learning. Education is important. Um, again, I want to point out that I do work with child-bearing people. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
their health and safety is more important to me than anything. So if I couldn't be a nurse if I thought that they couldn't have an abortion, I think that's just not good nursing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It contradicts everything we are about as nurses or healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. Your patient needs a medical procedure. They need something to live, whether it's they need to live because it's medically compromising to them, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, Mm -hmm. socially, then you do what's right for your patient. And even for the sake of bodily autonomy, I mean, that's like one of the main principles of nursing is bodily autonomy. You go in that patient's room and you make sure they know what medication you're giving, what the side effects are, what you're going to be doing with them. Mm -hmm. Even if it's taking their blood pressure, you have to, because they have the right to their body. If they don't want you taking their blood pressure, they have that right. If they don't want you taking an organ out of them. <laughs> right. They have that they right. They have that right, absolutely. Or if, you know, it's all about bodily autonomy, and I'm, I don't understand people in healthcare who partially grasp bodily autonomy, who pick and choose Yes. when they want to. You know, it's a basic principle of nursing, and, you know, abortion healthcare. is... Absolutely. Yeah. Abortion is about bodily autonomy. Absolutely. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, especially to this episode. It, um, it's important. Clearly, we're very passionate about Mm -hmm. it. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much. And again, if you guys really feel the need to send us a message about it, you are more than welcome to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, Just know that we are not looking for arguments or um, debates on what is right and wrong. Absolutely. Um, And if that's the route you want to go on, we will politely decline. Mm -hmm. Um, We just, we don't want to spread hate. We don't want to start anything. We don't want to upset anyone. We're just covering a case that's very important and prevalent. Mm -hmm. If you uh, were feeling as though you wanted to send us like a, hey, you guys are awesome. I really appreciate (laughs) your your words. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at truecrimene. All lowercase. Or you can send us an email at truecrimene at gmail.com. You could also head over to our website, truecrimene.com. You can send us a question, comment, concern, thoughts about your case or other cases we've covered using our handy-dandy submission tool. You can be anonymous if you want to. You can leave your name if you want to. And yeah, we do have a really beautiful picture of Jerry. It'll be on our Instagram and our website as well. Um, We have the censored version of the famous photograph, of course, Mm -hmm. but her family feels as though it's very important to get her face out there. Yeah, absolutely. So that her face is known, and when people hear Geraldine Santoro, they think of her face instead of that awful, awful photograph. It's important, and that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. And both photos are important, so we did include both photos, um, but we do have her face as the first one, and we felt as though that was important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Goodbye.